everyone, and welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And today's episode is exciting for two reasons, I think. Um, Number one, we love a movie comparison on National Treasure Hunt. And number two, we are fulfilling a request from a National Treasure superfan. We love that. We do. Um, although we will find out eventually. I'm not entirely sure why this was a request. Aggressive. It's no, no, I, I, I love the love for the film. I just it it it's not like National Treasure. I don't know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay, we will get into it. Um. Today, we are comparing the National Treasure universe to The Mummy. Now, I'm really excited about this because, I don't know, Em, I noticed some similarities like archaeology pretty quickly um, when it comes to thinking about National Treasure and thinking about The Mummy. So clearly, uh, clearly there are some conversations to be had, but we can't have those conversations yet because we have to start this episode with our screams from Parkington Lane. Ah! All right, Em, how has National Treasure popped up in your life lately? So this one's like slightly forced, but also not that forced. So I went to see Aquaman 2 recently, which was just a really poor decision because it was a terrible film. Um, and I had not seen the first one, so I di- I didn't have much context going in. I was so bored during the film. I was mm-hmm. literally like, I was, I was debating leaving. I was trying, like, I was thinking of things to do, and so I started just looking for national treasure connections in the film to to make it more fun for me. And so this is one of a, a few that will Ooh. come up in in weeks going forward but the the first one was that there is a scene in what i refer to as the arctic tundra uh where the characters were wearing jackets very similar to those that ben and riley wore (laughs) and they even have torches at one point in that scene so it really like it all kind of came together for me in that moment wow yeah wow how about you (laughs) I have a backlog of National Treasure dreams, as I indicated last episode, and you very rudely wouldn't let me share one. So today I am going to share one um, wherein, well, actually, have you ever seen or heard of the show Virgin River on Netflix? I've heard of it. Okay, so I, that was my, one of my recent Netflix binges, and I guess I was watching a lot of it because uh, I had a dream that the Virgin River characters, specifically the two, I would say two of the main characters, Mel and Jack, um, I had a dream that Mel and Jack were told that some lady stole the Declaration of Independence and they needed to figure out if it was true and like get it back. So um, that's cool now that uh, I am conflating national treasure with other, you know, fictional franchises or properties in my subconscious yeah i i haven't gotten to the subconscious part yet but i am conflating it with other franchises so that's fun amazing i feel like there's a lot of synergy today in our responses which means that we are in for a really good episode 
going to be great. But in case you need to know where to find us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. We are also available on our website, nthuntpodcast.com, where you can find out pretty much everything there is to know about us aside from our bathroom schedules. I love give that one a rest. You need to give it a rest. Aubrey's face every time it's the annoyance is worth it um you can also order our book national treasure hunt one step short of crazy at tuckerdspress.com and you can become a patron of our podcast on patreon at patreon.com slash nt hunt podcast Emily, you're not making the Patreon sound very enticing. They get tons of bonus content. That's why you want to join the Patreon. Yeah, you get tons of bonus content. You get memes. You get fun, just a lot of fun stuff. More more conversations with us, which I know like you're probably really, really looking forward to based on how well the conversation Aubrey and I are having with each other at this moment is going. So uh, if you want more of this, come on over. <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's let's get to the reason why we're here today um, and start talking a little bit about comparing National Treasure and The Mummy. So Emily, in just a moment, I am going to do one of the things that scares me most in life and turn things over to you to lead the episode. Um, but my understanding is that we're going to start, as we always do, with a synopsis of The Mummy so that anyone who hasn't seen it is on the same page for the rest of our conversation. Then we'll talk general similarities and differences between The Mummy and National Treasure. We're going to deep dive into how the properties use history and end with a little bit of conversation about the characters. And I suspect comparing our our key characters in both franchises since we tend to love doing that. Yes, that is exactly what is going to happen. Okay. Wow. Oh, God. I'm so scared. You ready? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so this is a movie about a guy named Rick who basically goes to find a mummy. Kind of like, well, it's in Egypt. Um... He, he there's there's a girl uh a woman who is also interested in something uh, the the uh, the important books egypt archaeology stuff um okay. and she finds him and with her brother and they go and kind of like accidentally reawaken this mummy and there's a lot of action and basically they have to like save the world by like on a lot on reviving the mummy Uh um and yeah i mean there's a love story also like brendan fraser was really hot in it so brendan wait 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 wait. brendan fraser yes brendan fraser is the main guy He's Rick. Tom Cruise is the main guy. Uh, no. Aubrey, what movie did you watch? The Mummy. On Netflix. With Tom Cruise. What year was it made? I don't know. What What do you mean, what year was it made? Uh, my, Tom Cruise was not in my movie. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. I'm going to Google. Okay. Uh, 
we have a little problem. <laughs> I have a little problem. I have a little problem. Aubrey, what? Was your what movie is like? It? Was your movie like really old looking? Uh, yeah. Uh, mine wasn't because mine was made in 2017. Oh my, Aubrey! You didn't tell me there were two. I didn't know there were two. Well, I've never seen the mummy until now. Me either. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, so wait, you watch the two thousand? There's a 2017 version version on Netflix that stars Tom Cruise. Okay, well, at the time this is going to come out, it will no longer be on Netflix. I was very delighted to see that it was on Netflix and leaving Netflix on December 31st, so I watched it like the week of Christmas. Um, but yes. Hmm. Okay, well, mine was in uh, 1999 and starred Brendan Fraser. So I'm going to need you to, uh, we're, we're going to, I'm sorry, everyone, we're going to have to pause for a moment while Aubrey goes and looks up uh, the actual movie so that she has some context for, uh, I guess, what we're going to be talking about. Okay, and then I need you to get it together with a real synopsis of this movie because now I am one of the audience members who actually needs to know what's going on okay 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 I I feel I don't feel that I can do that that was the best synopsis that I feel I can provide so what I'm gonna do is I think I'm just gonna ask chat GTP to give me a synopsis and we'll we'll go from there okay ready break break okay All right, I'm back. You back? I am. Um, chat GTP. Chat GPT. You always say it backwards. Uh, okay. It, always. <laughs> the AI bot did a good job. <laughs> so, um. Okay, let's start with your summary. And then I actually, this a lot of things are clicking into place right now. And I feel like I need to share some thoughts. Okay. So, uh, The Mummy in 1999 is a fantasy adventure film that is set in 1926. Um, The story starts with a French Foreign Legion officer named Rick O'Connell, who is played by Brendan Fraser. Uh, And he is found in a prison in Cairo, which is in Egypt, just FYI. Um, Evelyn, who is played by Rachel Weisz, a librarian and aspiring Egyptologist eventually hires Rick to lead an expedition to the city of Hamunaptra, also known as the City of the Dead. Okay, so they're accompanied by Jonathan, who's Evelyn's brother. And when they come across the hidden city, they accidentally awaken the mummified high priest Imhotep who had actually been cursed and buried alive for attempting to resurrect his forbidden lover, as well as he killed the pharaoh. Um, So Imhotep is, once awakened, a powerful and vengeful mummy who just wants to reawaken his lover. And he tries to do this using Evelyn or Evie. And basically, uh, there is a secret society... Um, that guards the the city, and they end up work working with Brendan Fraser's character to basically stop the end of the world as we know it. Um, 
and I would like to use the end of chat GTP's uh, description here because I, I think it is funny. The narrative unfolds with thrilling action sequences, supernatural elements, and a touch of humor. The characters face ancient curses, plagues, and encounters with mystical creatures as they try to prevent Emotep from completing the resurrection ritual, which would unleash devastating consequences upon the world. Okay, thank you to ChatGPT. I feel like I know what's going on. Um, also, the 2017 movie was pretty similar. I've got to really? say, yeah, it was. It's kind of like a gender reversed version, where um, the for the most part, I guess, because like the main character is Tom Cruise's character, I guess, like Brendan Fraser's character, but like the mummy in my version is Aminat and it, it's a woman um and so it she is trying to use Tom Cruise's character to like complete the ritual and like do basically otherwise minus small details it's like kind of the same thing nobody bite my head off if you don't interpret it that way but based on the cursory summary they are largely the same however Okay, I do have to say, in retrospect, I probably maybe should have known there was something up with the movie I watched. Do you want to know why? <laughs> Please tell me. Okay, literally three things. Three things struck me as odd as I was watching this, and I was just like, huh, we'll just go with it. Great. The first one was like the age and the effects in the movie I was watching. Literally the movie starts and I'm like, wow, these effects are awesome. I feel like I feel like I know there's a ride called The Mummy in Disney and it's been there for forever. So I guess I just assumed the movie was older than it was. Weird. Um and then it had me questioning my whole personal rule about like not watching old movies. So I was like, if older movies look like this, why am I not watching them? Um <laughs> So I just like was like, okay, that's a nice coincidence. And then the next thing I realized is that Tom Cruise's sort of sidekick and then it's like for five seconds because then he dies and also becomes like a ghost mummy type person uh, is played by, uh, you know, I don't even know the actor's real name. Nick Miller from New Girl. Oh, hey, Jake Johnson. Sure. Um, I, I love at, him. I looked at that character. I was like, wow, I really thought he got his big break in New Girl. Good for him. I guess it was earlier. Oh, my gosh. And then the third one, the the person who plays Aminat, the mummy, I recognized her from the first Kingsman Secret Service movie. And I was like, huh, I thought she got her start in Kingsman. I guess not. Good for her. Um, Aubrey. So in retrospect, this all makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this sounds like it was kind of your fault. Okay. Uh. I blame it on Netflix. I googled where to watch The Mummy, and it said Netflix. I was like, great, Netflix. And that's what happened. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, hmm. What do you have to say about the the movie after uh, the, the actual movie that we were discussing after looking it up? Okay, I feel like we're going to have to start calling these, like, 
mommy 99 yeah. and mommy 17. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, how do I feel about mommy 99? Well, first and foremost, it watching the trailer immediately reaffirmed my personal decision to not watch old movies because oh my god this movie looks literally ancient if you had shown me this trailer and asked me when i thought it was made i would have said 1960 wow that okay. is a very i'm sure a very controversial opinion but you will not convince me otherwise number two there are two sequels Apparently, to Mummy 99, Disney, two sequels. Did you hear me? Two? Two sequels? Just, just throwing that out there. Um, I was reaffirmed in my belief that there is a mummy ride at Universal Studios. It's called Revenge of the Mummy. It's an indoor roller coaster. I have definitely ridden it before. It's definitely not memorable, but it opened in 2004, which is three years after the Mummy 99 sequel premiered. So, like, Disney, again, Disney, um, ride, please. Ride, thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> what other thoughts? I guess big, some big picture things um, about, like, reception and stuff. I did find interesting, since, you know, always looking at things with the National Treasure Bent, I learned that Mummy 99 was met with very mixed critical reviews, but was widely considered a commercial success, a lot like National Treasure. Um, and then, what else, what else, what else, what else? Um, did you know Emily? And I found this... I don't know why I found this interesting. I guess it reminded me a little bit of like the National Treasure casting that we know about, but the Rick O'Connell role, so Brendan Fraser's role, was originally offered to Tom Cruise in 99. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, Tom Cruise, as well as Brad Pitt and Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. So Brendan Fraser, sorry, was like fifth on the totem pole. And he ended up being cast apparently as a result of George of the Jungle's success, which um, oh. is dating this movie a little bit. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, speaking of interesting casting, I also learned that the actress who played Evelyn was replaced in the third film of the Mummy 99 franchise. Instead of just getting rid of the character, they actually recasted her, which I think is a totally separate conversation we could have about National Treasure since people have often asked, like, oh, what if so-and-so couldn't come back or didn't want to come back? Like, what would they do there? Um, this is a great example of where one choice was made, and um, it was uh, somewhat controversial at the time, so... Wow. Okay. Anyway, those are those well, are my you. big picture reflections. I cannot wait to dive into um I guess what will ultimately be your assessment for the rest of the podcast. Although I will do my best to insert Mummy 17 references where I can. I can't get over the Mummy 99 versus Mummy 17. Thing. I don't see another option, frankly. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a good option. It's just funny. Okay. So the first thing that I want to start with here is the general similarities and differences of Mummy 99 from <laughs> the National Treasure franchise. Okay. Okay. So, 
I have this broken down into like a few kind of smaller categories. So as far as differences go, for genre, this movie was marketed as like a horror comedy adventure. Whereas National Treasure had like no horror component. I don't think that is like a controversial opinion or statement. Right. You know, as I was watching Mummy 17 back when I thought that was the correct mummy, I was a little concerned that you were going to have to watch it because you don't like things that are scary or creepy. Um, But I was not going to text you and tell you that because Mm. I didn't want you to actually not watch it. Love that. Love that for me. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, I mean, speaking of like creepy, scary, this movie was a lot creepier right off the bat. Um, There were some like hard quote scary effects with like sand monsters and of course the whole mummy thing right um in general like the effects on emotep regaining he regained like the the structure of his face and body like as he like consumed or killed or mummified people like whatever he did it was good but it was very jarring (laughs) yes aubrey okay Again, similarity to Mummy 17 here. Were you confused at all about the concept of a mummy versus the concept of a zombie as portrayed by these movies? Because I was. I was like, are these not... like They're like eating other people and then turning them into kind of mummies when they eat them, which I thought was a zombie oh, thing. Well, these people weren't turned into like mummies that were moving about. These people were basically like mummified and no more. Oh, okay. Well, Mummy 17 definitely gets the concept of mummy and zombie confused. IMO. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess this, this kind of speaks to, to my point about like the overall kind of like violent and creepy nature of stuff. What I just said about there being, you know, the people like kind of like decomposing and stuff. In addition to that, it was very much more violent. There were literally two murders in, like, the very beginning of the film. There was a, a an attempted hanging um, at one point. A lot of guns. Mm-hmm. We had that, too. Yeah. Okay. So, very different genre-wise. Genres. Okay. And, and, you know, we have talked a lot before about the absence of all of these things and national treasure being extremely intentional. So I think that's really notable here um, where national treasure very well could have a lot of these components. It could have a lot more violence, but it, it very explicitly does not, um, which cannot be overstated, I think in a comparison like this. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk stakes. As far as the stakes of the overall like plot of the movie go, I have to say <laughs> the stakes in the mummy are higher. Um, it literally comes down to saving the world from Imhotep once he is resurrected, which to be fair was Evelyn's fault. Like she was the one that accidentally resurrected him. But like, regardless, they're trying to save the world. In National Treasure, on the other hand, right, the stakes are important, but honestly, they're more about like protecting history and and the best I think example I can give is that there's no indication that if the Declaration of Independence is destroyed, the world will end or even like the entity that is the United States will end. Like we all still know what the Declaration says, even if we don't have the original document. 
much more poetic version of um, what I was thinking when you said stakes, which was someone's got to go to prison, Ben, um, which I would argue is even less stakes. True, true. Perhaps. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, um, Aubrey, I, I do, I recognize that I think this happened in your movie as well, but I, I do think it was good that you didn't watch Mummy 99 because um, there was a lot of magic Yo, <laughs> Mummy 17 was all supernatural stuff. Yeah. All supernatural yeah. stuff. And I was just like, I, I guess I didn't know what to expect, obviously, because I wasn't even watching the right movie. Um, but I was expecting a little more history and maybe a little less supernatural. Yeah. Not really what I got. No, and not what I got either. So I think, you know, it's safe to say there's no magic in National Treasure. Uh, so that's a big difference, right, um, of these. Yeah. I, and we know, once again, from people like John Turtletop explicitly, like, literally go listen to our interview with him. He was very adamant about no magic. This is, once again, not a coincidence. He kind of feels the same way that at least I have shared that I feel um, on the pod, which is like supernatural rationales or explanations are a bit of a cop-out when it comes to these sorts of movies, at least in treasure hunt movies. Uh, I'm not, I know you're going to, I think you're going to get to this, Emily. I'm not sure if we consider the mummy a treasure hunt, but, but I digress. We'll get there. Excellent point, Aubrey. So <laughs> my next point is treasure hunt question mark. To be honest, the mummy in no way felt like a treasure hunt to me. It felt like maybe an exploration if we're trying to give it a name. Uh, there was a mention of the Amun-Ra, which was a book that was all gold and presumably like worth a lot of money, but they don't, they don't get it. They, um, they don't. They don't get it. No, like what are you talking about? Who? Uh, the like our the good guys in the movie don't don't get it. Like okay. Brendan Fraser, the girl, Jonathan, Evelyn, Jonathan, they don't get it. Also, Brendan Fraser's character definitely said at one point in the film that he was in it, quote unquote, for the treasure. But like he never got the treasure. And also it didn't really seem to me like he was in it for the treasure. He he was just kind of like a guy that wanted money. It 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 didn't it just there wasn't a treasure hunt, and honestly, there were no clues or puzzles to solve either. Right, like the most notable thing, at least in Mummy 99, was that there was something akin to basically like the Meerschaum pipe and how it fit in mm -hmm. at the end of National Treasure to open like mm -hmm. the, the basically like the final door to the treasure room. They used something like that to open the mummy's coffin and then they like read and translated some ancient texts, but like they're not solving clues. So yeah. treasure hunt, no. So it's interesting because Mummy Seventeen. At first, I had a, there were I had high hopes for a treasure hunt because in the opening scenes um, in the Middle East, Tom Cruise's character and Nick Miller—that is what I'm going to call them. Sorry, not sorry. Um, they're part of the U.S. military, doing some sort of operation there. Not going to lie, very unclear to me what they were doing there. I found myself very confused about the whole opening of this movie. However, there were references in that opening scene to how 
apparently Tom Cruise is like low key trying to find and extract antiquities when he's in these historic locations on his military duties and like sell them on the black market question mark so for a hot second it was like oh maybe we are going to see tom cruise kind of as a bad guy find treasure related to a mummy what ends up happening in, in mummy 17 is they like accidentally stumble upon in this case Aminat's burial um and like you 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 mentioned the kind of meerschaum pipe analog in mummy 99 the meerschaum pipe analog in mummy 17 is the dagger of set um which is basically um a dagger that has a stone on the end of it that Aminat had to use during the actual ritual to make her like immortal when she was alive well sort of immortal whatever she died it's confusing anyway um that she was trying to make herself immortal with and so by the end of the movie part of this was needing to find both the dagger and the stone to put them back together for her to either complete the ritual when she came back to life or to like destroy them to save the world kind of if that makes sense yeah okay um, but ultimately, my assessment, I agree with you. Mummy 17 is also not a treasure hunt movie. It is basically a live action version of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I've never seen uh, that, but uh, <gasps> sounds like it could be a true. You've never seen Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? Josh definitely has. I don't watch Scooby-Doo. Oh my god, literally scariest cartoon on the face of the planet. Ask Josh, he will agree. Okay continuing <laughs> I, don't know, I was pretty freaked out by the jekyll and hyde episode of arthur i don't remember that sorry there was also one where he cut his hand on a can in a <gasps> junkyard that scared that like scarred me courage the cowardly dog release the slab return the slab what? ask josh about that too that is terrifying okay <laughs> Um, so those were all the differences between uh, The Mummy and The Mummy 99 and I guess 17 and the National Treasure franchise. Now, I do need to talk about the similarities a little bit. I will admit, and this kind of le leads into or this kind of refers back to my point earlier at the top of the episode about like not entirely sure why exactly we're comparing these films. Um these similarities are mostly small, random, coincidental moments, okay? So, I will say, Aubrey, did you notice any similarities in uh, Mummy 17 between that and National Treasure? Once again, in the beginning, yes. In the beginning, I was so like, I get why I'm watching this movie <laughs> for, for National Treasure Hunt. Because we start with like a big... Um, well, we start with a bunch of historical references, okay? We start with England in 1127. We see the quote-unquote Crusader Knights that invaded Egypt. You know, their outfits look a heck of a lot like we talk about for the Knights Templar. You know, the white with the red cross. Um, so we're talking Crusades here. And I was like, dang, I get why I'm watching this. Um, we see, like, Crusader burials, which comes back to be important when it comes to that dagger of set that I mentioned just a few moments ago. We also in Mummy 17 
um, see general Egyptian history referenced early on in a kind of a flashback sequence that's very similar to the Templar treasure historical sequence and national treasure. So basically when um, Ben's grandfather in national treasure is explaining the story of the Templar treasure and we see the visuals on screen, we get um, one of the present day people in Mummy 17 telling the story of Aminat, basically, in Mummy 17. Um, so those are the two biggies. I will say uh, that there was a moment in Mummy 17 where I found an Edge of History parallel. And that was um, someone I have not mentioned yet. Mummy 17 has its token woman character, um, Jenny, who is an archaeologist, and she she's the one kind of studying all of this and trying to explain to Tom Cruise what's going on and how the mummy is even back to life. And she says that there's a theory that an Egyptian princess has been erased from history books deliberately. That's kind of a direct quote from Jenny. And this is this concept of historical erasure indirectly gave me Edge of History vibes because obviously that's kind of the premise of Edge of History is this idea of whole cultures lost. Um, obviously in Mummy 17, we're talking about the history of a single person who was arguably erased because she was bad and did bad things. But um those are those are my national treasure parallels. Did did uh did you have any in Mummy ninety nine? Yeah, uh, I will say they didn't feel as big. Um, mm. what 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 we had going for us over in Mummy ninety nine is um their very first kind of shot was like a shot of a pyramid with the sun over it. <laughs> and it looked kind of like the the pyramid symbol from National Treasure. Um, so you can tell I'm reaching. Yeah. I can. Um, <laughs> in uh, 1923, so this was not the first flashback in the movie, but it's three years before the main events of the film take place. There are people fighting to protect slash like find treasure in the City of the Dead, which is Hominoptera. And these um some of these people are known as the medjay that will that will come back basically it reminded me of the knights templar right mm. in, in the flashback in national treasure so kind of you know you mentioned knights templar too there is a jump scare early on in the film where evelyn's brother jonathan uses a mummy to scare her now the mummy did kind of look like a skeleton so it did remind me of riley <sighs> getting scared on the charlotte because of the the skeleton on like the the hammock on the hammock yep mm -hmm. <laughs> um the music is kind of like stereotypical quote-unquote egyptian music similar to how in national treasure 2 a lot of the music was kind of stereotypical quote-unquote like indigenous music okay. uh so kind of just those those tropes were used a lot and then my my last one, this was probably the biggest one. There is a moment similar to National Treasure 2 when Ben tries to save Mitch uh, when they're trying to escape from Cibola. In The Mummy, Rick, Brendan Fraser's character, tries to save his friend, friend, quote, Benny, 
who basically was this guy who had been kind of like his friend to begin with, but then was betraying him throughout the entire film. Um, And he tries to save Benny from falling into like a pit and ultimately does fail to do so. Hmm. So that gave me vibes. Mummy 17 also has like a, what we like to call Mitch moment with Tom Cruise actually, where he kind of has a, they call it like a crisis of conscience and like sort of sacrifices himself um it's only sort of a mitch moment because mitch is definitively a bad guy and like tom cruise i don't know arguably i thought his character was pretty sketch pretty sus um so kind of a bad guy but he's also like the protagonist i don't know like so yeah i got you i got you cool okay so similarities differences do we feel comfortable moving on to kind of like our next section of this yeah that whole that all felt very humorous and stretchy so what do we what do we got now (laughs) so i wanted to talk about the use of history in the mummy because i don't know about mummy 17 but when i was watching mummy 99 i kind of was like oh this these names sound real Mm -hmm. like this place could exist but i had no idea if it was true so i wanted to look at how history was kind of represented or misrepresented in at least mummy 99 i do want to start by saying that i haven't done a super deep dive into every aspect of the history used in the mummy because this is like a kind of just a general episode um but from preliminary examinations and like articles that i found online which we can definitely link to some of the articles in our socials The history from the mummy seems to basically actually be what people believe, how people believe history is used in National Treasure. So, like, people don't think that the history in National Treasure is accurate, which we have done a lot of work to basically say, like, a lot of it is accurate. And even if it's not, it's based on something but with a very kind of almost like a deep cut twist Mm -hmm. where it's not just based on something, but it's based on something that is then kind of taken further from history and, and changed a bit. And the mummy is literally just like what people think national treasure is before we do that explanation. Yeah. A a lot of it. So I broke it down uh, basically with the help of some of these articles and of these like four main categories. Um, the first being what, what is the history of the Medje? So these were the people that were fighting. Um, as I said, in the beginning of the movie flashback in the movie, uh, they basically are trying to protect the city of the dead. Now the Medje is, or was a real tribe who did live in a desert in Egypt in 2400 BC and they were warriors so like this fighting the fact that they were in Egypt cool makes sense I will say in the movie you'll love this Aubrey they did have magical powers of course they did that could be used to basically defeat their enemies um and the the medje that we see obviously are not from 2400 bc um their descendants of the original group i don't know if they were magical could be the same ones true you never know i will say that from my readings um 
of kind of these summary articles, there was no real life indication that the Medje um, actually had ties to any magical or mystical practices. So not even just like, not that there's no concrete proof that they had magical powers, but just we we don't, it doesn't seem like there was any writings about it or anything like that, that even suggested okay. magic or myth, mystical things. So probably not super accurate. Uh, the next one I wanted to touch on is the uh, City of the Dead, which was uh, referred to as Hominoptera in Mummy 99. Now, in Mummy 99, it was basically the lost city where all of the pharaohs were buried or like mummified and put in pyramids, I guess. Um, Hominoptera was fully created for the mummy. What? Like fictional? Mm-hmm. So the city of the dead uh-huh. has previously been used in various kind of components of Egyptian history, mm-hmm. sometimes to refer to like Cairo, which is the capital of Egypt, and and some other things. But um, Hominoptera, that name itself, has no basis in history. Mm-hmm. So they kind of took this place and just gave it like this egyptian sounding name fascinating because that seems like the least important thing to make up like you could you could easily have made that more legit if you wanted to you know as the creators yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so next we have um emotep emotep was real okay it's like real real person in mummy 99 i will say he was portrayed as like evil-ish i didn't get like super evil vibes honestly there was this whole thing where like part of the reason that when they resurrected him they were worried about the world ending was because and i'll explain in a second they did this like ritualistic kind of mummification on him and like cursed him but they cursed him because he was having an affair with the pharaoh's like lover and then tried to kill the pharaoh because he you know wanted to be with this woman or whatever and then they put this curse on him and then they were like if he ever comes back like everything's gonna be terrible and stuff and i wanted to be like well would it have been terrible if he just came back and you had killed him normally or (laughs) is it only gonna be terrible because you literally cursed him because i feel like you created like a monster here and it, it does kind of seem that, you know, the, the general consensus is that in the in the Mummy 99, Emotep was portrayed as this evil guy basically because he killed people. Okay. However, it seems that in Egyptian history, Emotep was very highly regarded for the most part. He was basically godlike. What? Um yeah. So Ooh. very interesting kind of like twist. I don't I don't that. think I like that very much. Yeah, it's I'm, weird. I'm not educated enough in this topic of like Egyptian history, but taking but the, the just this idea of taking a god-like figure who was well regarded and turning them into the mummy like that we see in Mummy 99 feels feels icky to me 
Yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> okay. Okay, and then, uh, so, you know, we've, we've not been really doing great with the history. Uh, our last point, we're not going to be doing great with the history either. We have this Hamdai curse, which I will say they kept saying this, and I... I was like, I don't even know how that's spelled. So it wasn't until I read these articles that I was really able to like type it out. Also, this will become apparent. So please don't ask me further clarification, Aubrey. I am unclear about the degree to which it was a mummification, the Hamdai, a curse, or a combination of the two. Okay. <laughs> Much like you in your viewing of Mummy 17. My viewing of Mummy 99, at least as far as, like, kind of the beginning portion went, I was very confused, confused. about what was happening, why people were where they were, mm. why we were, like, putting a curse on this dude, um, you know, whatever. But the Hamdai curse. So in, uh, in Mummy 99, Imhotep killed the pharaoh and was subjected to what they referred to as the Hamdai. His tongue was cut out and he was buried alive, uh, basically in a tomb in which flesh-eating beetles were able to feast on his flesh. Um, the okay. idea was that this was a curse slash and or form of mummification that was meant to basically torture him for eternity. Therefore, they like created the monster themselves, but whatever. <laughs> this uh as far as i can tell is not a real form of mummification um people were also not like really commonly buried alive um mm. in egypt like mummification was a very common thing in yeah. egypt and it was done in a very like sacred ritualistic manner right like we all hear about like oh well they take out the brain through the nose and like that whole thing but they leave the heart because they thought the heart was like the seat of the mind and all that kind of stuff like and so like the thought of them kind of doing this i'm sure there are some cases and one of the articles i read did kind of suggest that it might not be as like as exclusively like no one was ever buried alive or everyone was mummified in this sacred way as you know some other articles led me to believe but like the Hamdai curse is not a thing okay yeah so I I don't think Mummy 17 used anything called Hamdai to be fair I could also just not have registered it but Aminat was mum they said mummified alive and then she was like buried in mercury mm. Like okay. li liquid this mercury. Dude was... That's weird. And I feel like not temporally. Maybe. But then I, we I don't know where they would have gotten all that from. used mercury to try to re-mummify her once they like got her in present day. Mercury was very central and did make me think there could be an interesting science episode if this was mummy hunt. But it is not, mm, alas. Okay, yeah. <laughs> It, it is not. Yeah, no, my guy was buried under, my guy uh, was buried under this, like, the statue thing, which I'm sure had a name that I don't remember. 
we were kind of starting to get into like some Moon Knight territory, which is a Marvel show, Aubrey, uh, with some of these things. But like it was he was buried. It's it, at a certain point to me, it seemed like the fact that he was buried under this specific statue was like part of the curse. But I, I don't think that was true. It was not. History is not great in this film. It, I think suffice it to say um at, in mummy 99 and it doesn't necessarily sound like in mummy 17 it was uh much better i think that is an accurate assessment and a good place for us to turn to our final category of the day which is on characters i think yes so this was a lot of fun for me i don't know how you felt aubrey um i feel like i have a, some idea of the characters in mummy 17 but like what do you have to tell me about them just you know so we're covering all our bases here we can make this a mummy 99 mummy 17 kind of like double feature oh i love that okay i love that for us so um i'm gonna start at the top with mummy 17 um tom cruise is the main character which immediately immediately draws a parallel to ben gates um but the characters themselves could not be more different in terms of being people so like i alluded to before tom cruise apparently steals antiquities while he's on military duty and sells them on the black market frankly it 10 minutes into the movie i literally couldn't tell whether tom cruise was a bad guy slash villain or like a good guy slash protagonist and i feel like that was also partly because of his attitude he's extremely unlikable as a main character he's arrogant he's sarcastic he's insincere he's greedy which obviously contrasts to ben immensely since ben you know we characterize him as noble um reverent of of history um always trying to do the right thing all he cares about is is protecting history and doing right by his family. Like the the two people are alike only in that they are the main character of their film. Um, I feel like the next person to talk about here is Jenny. Again, this is the person I mentioned before. She's like the archaeologist slash historian. She begs a comparison to Abigail right off the bat, since she is like the smart, the intellectual one. Um and throughout the movie, she is going to be standing up to and working with, in some capacity, our Tom Cruise or our Ben character. Uh, however, there were a couple of moments where I compared Jenny to other people. One, she was reading Egyptian hieroglyphics in the same way that Dr. Helen Mirren would read the Olmec planks. Like, I know you cannot do that that effectively. I have. <laughs> I have points about that in you my character. Oh my god. Too, so we'll come back. Okay, okay. Um, and then there was a moment that I thought Jenny was a little bit like Miles, actually, in Edge of History. Ooh. So there's a whole other character that's like also a like a villain bad guy, um played by Russell Crowe in Mummy 17. So Jenny was originally working with Russell Crowe, but she like realized he was taking things too far. So she then like goes against him, which is a very Miles moment, you know? A hundred percent. I mean, and also shout out to Miles. Oh, we love to shout out Dustin Ingram whenever we can. Um, Okay. So to kind of wrap up my Mummy 17 characters, I do feel like immediately in Mummy 17, you get the feeling that you're going to have a Ben Riley Abigail dynamic between Tom Cruise, 
uh, Nick Miller guy <laughs> as Riley and then Jenny as Abigail. Like Nick Miller really feels like Riley in humor alone, I guess. Like he's funny. He's very questionable about whether he wants to be there. He's not techie or skilled in that way, but um, but we do have that element of Nick. But immediately this Ben Riley Abigail dynamic literally and figuratively dies because um nick miller also dies very quickly what and he kind of becomes like a ghost or something so he does come he comes back but he's like i don't know as a ghost he's also like really rude and arrogant and sarcastic and like almost a villain um so yeah finally there this um russell crowe guy He's literally like an evil doctor slash neuroscientist. I kid you not, Emily, slash lawyer. He's very confusing. He's also sort of like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde or whatever, because he's literally injecting himself constantly so that he's not like a zombie. And I'm pretty sure we never got an explanation for that, but I found it very strange. Anyway, I found him to be a little bit like Crosses Nostrum because he's like part of a secret organization that's trying to rid the world of evil by like killing evil things. And it, yeah, it gave, it gave serious Crosses Nostrum vibes. I like that a lot. <laughs> great job. Great job. Thank you. Okay, that's the best I've got. All right, your turn with Mummy 99. Okay, Um. so I will say that this is basically going to be like my attempt to match the three main characters. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's the fun of it, right? Which is what you did, <laughs> yeah. Um. And I do want it to be noted that I went back and forth with my notes in my phone as I was watching the film about some of these, and I will try to bring them in for a little bit of humor. Um, I'm going to start with Riley, not just because he's my favorite, but because this is the easiest one for me. The in Mummy 99 character, 100% that is like Riley is Jonathan. Jonathan, just as a reminder, is Evelyn's brother. Mm. He is the comedic relief. He doesn't really know what's going on for the most part. And he's the third wheel to the love story. He's always doing some like kind of goofy thing. I would not say that he necessarily is like bringing it with the tech skills in the same way that Nick Miller was not in Mummy 17. But he was like, there was no question. Like from the beginning, I was like, oh, this is Riley. So that one's easy. Then we get to our, like, Ben and Abigail, and I went back and forth on this, okay? So I have this organized kind of weirdly. Um, I am basically going to try to, like, make the case for both now Rick, Brendan Fraser's character, and Evelyn being Ben and or Abigail, okay? So my case for Rick being Ben is that Brendan Fraser, and you alluded to this, Aubrey, is definitely marketed as the star of the film. And I would say arguably is the star of the film. Right. And Nick Cage, as Ben Gates, was the marketed as the star of the film, like National Treasure, National Treasure 2, all that kind of stuff. I will say my, my case is slightly hurt in realizing that Rick does not have much of any, any real knowledge of history. Um, so that's a big tick 
um, yeah. on him. But once again, the history wasn't super there anyway, so who knows. Um, I will say it's kind of cool. Rick does have a skill set. Well, that sounds bad. <laughs> of course, Rick has a skill set. R- Rick's has a specific skill set in terms of like human relations. Um, huh. yeah, basically, like he's good at like grifting people and like talking, sweet talking them and that kind of thing. And he does have previous experience with the City of the Dead because he was like there before. And he also has military experience. I'm not like entirely sure like where that exactly fits in but he had some military experience all of that makes him really well suited for a lot of the action and when i say a lot of the action i mean that that was like at least a third if not half of the film was just action sequences i was so bored um (laughs) but the fact that he has this skill set that can be used for kind of like the main thing his character does gives me some ben vibes in that sense Okay, because um, Ben, but we have the case for why Ben is qualified, even if it's more academic. Exactly, yeah. So I was trying to be, like, trying not to restrict it to an academic perspective. Right. Um, He's showing off his gun collection like it's a dick measuring contest. <laughs> um, Now, he, in this case, was Brendan Fraser's character. This obviously, this trait obviously is not 100% Ben, right? We, we never see Ben doing exactly this. But I will note that Ben does kind of act like he's in some kind of a dick measuring contest with Connor at times in, or Phil Dunphy, I'm sorry, so sorry, Phil Dunphy <laughs> in Book of Secrets. It's not super extreme, but honestly, this wasn't that extreme either. It just was something that stuck out to me. Um. Again, not in a super positive light. Brendan Fraser's character does say some super sexist stuff to Evelyn. He also kisses her without her consent. Now, Ben never kisses Abigail without her consent. So once again, this is not 100% Ben. However, I would, you know, this is kind of in lieu of my patriarchy corner. Um, I would like to note that we do talk about how Ben and Riley, right, do say sexist things very early on to Abigail in, or about, not even too directly, Abigail in at least the first National Treasure film. I will say all of that is a very weak case. It's it's weak, but in a movie that's already so incomparable to National Treasure, it's it's more than nothing. It is more than nothing. Um, okay, so my case for Evelyn being Ben. Spoiler alert, I landed on Evelyn being Ben. Um, Like, if I had to pick, I do think it was Evelyn. I will say that, you know, Evelyn is working in a library of a museum, uh, basically, like, that focuses on Egyptian artifacts in the beginning of Mummy 99. She can read and write in hieroglyphics. However, uh, scholars did not accept her as a legitimate... Uh, like Egyptologist basically because they say that she doesn't have enough experience in the field honestly this gave me very much like Emily Blunt in Jungle Cruise vibes um like Emily Blunt and her brother in Jungle Cruise vibes right (laughs) um 
so I will say as far as her skill set for like history Egyptology stuff obviously that's way more relevant to history um than Brendan Fraser's skill set so it makes her more like Ben in an Mm -hmm. academic sense also and I think this is kind of really what helped me land on it is her not being accepted as a legitimate like member of the community that she is trying to be part of is very reminiscent of Ben because nobody respects Ben in or the Gates family as a whole yeah the Gates family name argument for sure exactly so I think that is really what what sold it for me also she basically does like all the important stuff in the movie except for basically the fighting which is very Ben like as well like we don't see ben in many physical altercations because there aren't a ton but also ben is the one who does most of the important kind of like treasure hunty related stuff even though this is not a treasure hunt that being said i will say that evelyn does not let or does let the the mummy imatep out uh by reading the uh incantation because she can read egyptian uh, hieroglyphics so that's not great and doesn't feel like a very Ben thing but I think overall she felt more Ben to me than Brendan Fraser's character did okay then but it also doesn't sound like Brendan Fraser's character is very Abigail yeah so um in my notes here my case for Rick Brendan Fraser's character being Ben is or being Abigail is dot 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 he's not Ben question mark <laughs> um like if I had to choose I guess he's Abigail no he no I cannot accept that <laughs> can he bring something to the team <laughs> that being said he's not at all an intellectual equal to Evelyn like it's very clear that she is teaching both her brother and Brendan Fraser's character everything there is about the history I will say that my case for Evelyn is also, like, somewhat weak. Uh, So my case for Evelyn being Abigail is she's the female character. Um, Brendan Fraser's character does a lot of trying to protect her, which we have discussed Ben doing in some cases, but it's not a super... It's not something that Abigail is... She's not shoehorned into that role a lot, Mm -hmm. so that's not a very strong point. Um, Evelyn wasn't involved in the hunt uh, for the city of the dead at the beginning of the film but she does have an interest in egyptian history so this kind of reminded me of like abigail works for the archives and knows a lot about history but isn't involved in you know the hunt for the templar treasure Mm -hmm. that being said evelyn is not very high up in her field right as as stated previously so very different from abigail in that sense and so i guess all of this is my kind of long-winded as is typical emily fashion way of saying i don't know if there's an abigail in this movie (laughs) yeah that's really interesting i you know based on what you've shared i think i completely agree with you um Evelyn is the Ben and then Rick is just like the dangling main character who is not 
analogous to a national treasure person. It's so interesting when we can identify two national treasure character equivalents and yet neither of them is quote unquote the main character. I don't think we've accom- I don't think we've encountered that before in one of our comparison episodes. No, it's super weird. I don't even know how to wrap my brain around that to be honest. No. <laughs> okay, well, we just did a lot of talking, a lot of funny Mummy 17, Mummy 99 comparisons. I'm never going to live that down, am I? No, and you're not going to even live it down in this next sentence. Aside from Aubrey's reflection slash wrap-up being that she watched the wrong movie, (laughs) um, I would like to hear your thoughts, Aubrey, but what I will say as my general reflection on kind of this whole exercise is that, in my opinion... Mummy 99 did not feel anything close to National Treasure for me. It it felt a lot more like Indiana Jones and the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Honestly, it would not have even occurred to me to compare Mummy 99 to National Treasure if I hadn't like gone into watching the film with that explicit purpose for this episode. <sighs> um and I think personally that because I'm it's hard for me to compare it to National Treasure. I did like it, which when I did text you that I liked the movie, Aubrey, I know what was a bit of a shocker for you, probably because you thought I was watching the Mummy 17. <laughs> but I like I would watch this movie again. It was good. I enjoyed it. Like I would like to watch the other films. It's just, you know, I think the thing that got me is the love story is really good. So I was down for that. But yeah, I mean, it's not it's not national treasure and it's not like national mm. treasure in my own opinion. Okay. I think for me reflecting on Mummy 17, I think it actually had a lot of promise to have national treasure parallels in terms of some of the story as it was written in the beginning, but it like immediately disappeared as soon as they turned on the supernatural and like amped it up to 100. Um and that really lost me i also found the storytelling to be very confusing uh so as a just a general from a storytelling perspective didn't particularly appreciate that um my takeaways on this are mostly to what i shared at the beginning once i realized what movie uh we were talking about here and that is looking at the mummy 99 as a successful tripartite franchise and how it came to be successful by creating three installments and actually creating merchandising and ride experiences and everything. It just, and, and it's not a Disney property, right? It's at Universal Studios. This to me, the biggest analogy I can draw is Disney could have done this for National Treasure. Like the mummy could have been a perfect template for Disney to copy in terms of the franchising, the merchandising, the theme park attraction, etc. And it baffles me even more that they didn't because you can actually point to the mummy now and say it's been done successfully in a and you know it's not the same franchise, but it, it it's archaeology based, it's history based. And so it could have been done. And that just drives me absolutely insane with anger. Well, on that happy note, um, 
<laughs> no. Um, all jokes aside, uh, I this was a lot of fun. I mean, not just because Aubrey and I watched different movies, but it was... I found it a really cool challenge to try to find comparisons between these these films, um, which is always entertaining uh, for me. So if you have watched, I guess, either Mummy 99 or Mummy <laughs> 17, and you feel that it either does or does not relate to National Treasure, uh, let us know. You can find us on social media at NT Hunt Podcast. Uh, you can find us at our website, uh, nthuntpodcast.com, and you can also join us and hopefully try to convince Aubrey to watch the correct movie next time as a member of our Patreon at patreon.com slash nthuntpodcast. For the record, I will literally never watch Mummy 99 because it was made in 1999 and the trailer looks like it is about 20 years older than that. Uh, therefore, I will not be watching it. So sorry. Um, but you know what, you guys? You know what I have watched recently? I've watched some Edge of History, specific scenes in Edge of History, many times over in preparation for our next episode which is coming to you by popular demand you requested this following our episode on Sadusky's storage unit we are coming at you next time with an analysis of the contents of Sadusky's clue room in edge of history i put a lot of work into this episode if you do not come back i'll be very sad so please come back and yeah, please come back. Aubrey <laughs> definitely watched the correct thing for this one. So, And until then, y'all, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our national treasure hunt. <laughs>